Welcome, you're listening to the Agile Unemployment Podcast, where in each episode, we take an in-depth look at being out of work. We'll talk about the programs and benefits available to you. We'll talk about the job hunting process itself. And most importantly, we're going to address the psychological and emotional impact that being out of work has on the individual. I'm your host, Sabina Sulat. I'm an HR expert and author. A few years ago, I lost my dream job and found myself unemployed for the first time in my life. I was frustrated by the lack of resources and information available to people out of work, but more than that, I was just stunned by the fact that we don't talk about unemployment. I took my experience and I turned it into a book and I now coach people to build resilience while they're out of work. If you are out of work, if you recently lost your job or maybe you've been unemployed for a while or maybe you're just afraid that you might lose your current job, this is the place to be. We're a safe place where we can talk about all aspects of being out of work. We can answer your questions and we can help you build resilience so that when you go back to work, you are stronger and more confident than ever. So let's get started. Hey everybody, it's Sabina. Thanks for listening again. Before I jump into things, let's do a little employment landscape update. This is an interesting time of year because we have a lot of graduates, high school and college graduates who are out into the job market, You might be thinking the unemployment landscape is looking a little better, and in a lot of ways, you'd be right. I know inflation is still up there. I was shocked at the price of gas this morning. Didn't feel really good, so glad I have a tiny car. Right now, the unemployment rate for May, it's actually about 3.5% according to the latest Department of Labor statistics. That translates to a little under 6 million Americans unemployed. That seems to be a steady rate that we've had, notwithstanding COVID and the pandemic and things like that. But that's still a lot of people out of work. This isn't a stagnant 6 million people. The number of people stays the same, but the individuals who make that number up change all the time. Those are the people we're tracking. If you recall from an earlier podcast, one that was released, I think, the tail end of 2022, we need to do a better job of how we track things. We don't include long-term unemployed, people who willingly leave the workforce. Willingly is a strong word. People who have to because they're taking care of a loved one, be it a child, a parent, a spouse, a partner. I think what we're doing here is still pretty spot on. People will always be unemployed. It's a fact of life. We have to normalize it. We have to make it okay to talk about everything that comes with unemployment. That's what we're doing here. I think an interesting thing that's happening around this time of year, I mentioned graduates, both high school and college, going into the job market. Statistics show that it's a bit of a challenging market for this group. They're finding jobs, but well over 50% who find jobs are underemployed. I think that's something a lot of people can relate to. Underemployed means you are either working for far less money than you were used to or what your market value is. 
you're not using the skill set that you have. You're at a role that doesn't let you utilize all of your abilities. That has a very wearing effect on the soul, on the psyche. I've been there. I think most of us can relate to this. Sometimes it's a temporary measure. Other times it goes on for a long time. Even a year of being underemployed can be damaging. There are things to do about that. Maybe that'll be another podcast episode. But I think it's good that we have a good look at the landscape so we know what we're dealing with, what our friends, our former coworkers, current coworkers, the people around us are dealing with, and that we can prepare ourselves so that we can be as strong, confident, and resilient as possible, and maybe make sure that we don't fall to some of these challenges that happen in unemployment. So let's share some good news. I don't want it to be all gloom and doom, and I really don't think it is. I think it's normal and we need to prepare for it. But I have some success stories. I love sharing these. People are getting jobs and they're getting good jobs. They're getting great jobs. It is how you position yourself, how you market yourself, how you apply. That's one of the things I keep trying to talk to everybody about is you have to have a strategy, you have to have a vision, you have to have faith, and you have to put in the work. But some good stories. I had a new client who wanted to work with me and we couldn't schedule things. So it went probably about four weeks out to actually get together. By the time we met, she shared with me that she had a job and she was really excited about it. She is probably underemployed. What we ended up talking about was her onboarding strategy, how she was going to acclimate to her new company, and how she was going to see if there's definitely a future for her, and keep looking in case there isn't. And she's not afraid to do that, and I really applaud that. She made the comment to me that this would be, she lost a job about a year ago. She had been there for 13 years. This would be her first day of work in over 14 years. A little scary, a little daunting. I think having a plan just gives you some confidence and some structure as to how to start over again. And it's a really hard thing to do. Wish her luck. I think she's going to do great. I have two other people who got jobs that are at their job level. They're very excited. It's the same thing. I've talked about this before. Going back to work is this huge change. Even if you've only been out of work for a little bit, you're constantly on, you're constantly learning. Make sure you give yourself a little bit of space to be tired, to be to need that rest at the end of the day, to focus on that new job. I have one person who got a job offer. They decided that it was not what they wanted. I think that takes a tremendous amount of courage when you realize, no, I don't think this is going to be long-term beneficial to me. I am going to take that risk on myself and say no. They feel really confident in that decision. I'm supporting them. I'm actually really proud of them and happy for them. It's helping that person focus on what they want. I have another person who decided to take what I guess my mom would always call like the 
job. This is the job that gives you money coming in, maybe some benefits. They took this role because they need that money. Don't we all? They need the benefits. They wanted the structure. They're getting acclimated to it. And then they're going to continue to try to pursue something that speaks more to their heart, that's more to their abilities. All understandable. You have to make your own choices. And that's good on the job front. A lot of different decisions are happening, but you have to make the best decision for you and your situation. Don't care what anybody else thinks. You make that decision. This, in an odd way, leads me to what I wanted to talk about today because things just, you notice they, they get in the air. Like you hear a topic once and then you hear it 10 more times. This is something that a lot of people have come back to me about recently and something that I faced myself. It's called catastrophic thinking. When you're in a situation of stress, when you're in a time of duress, it is perfectly normal that you have these intrusive thoughts that are basically the worst case scenario. And they come into our minds and our brains at the most unlikely moment. It's at the traffic stop. It's in line at the grocery store. It's when you're in a meeting. It's when you're with your family at dinner and you have this awful, horrible thought. And it is the worst thing that can happen in any situation. And having those thoughts, I, I can't stress this enough. It is 100% normal. I think it's part of our defense mechanism as humans, as beings where we want to prepare for everything and for the worst that can happen. This is where it gets to be a problem, however, when you're in a stressful situation. And let's face it, being unemployed, being job insecure, where you're worried about getting unemployed even starting a job where you're still feeling a little tenuous and overwhelmed and it's strange, it's different. Change brings this up in us all the time. We think the worst case scenario, and that is the word, it sounds like it's made up by a little kid. It is, and I'm going to sound it out, catastrophizing. That's a mouthful. It means you go to the absolute worst case scenario. Usually happens when you don't have all the information. Again, when you're under stress, duress, when maybe a few bad things have happened and you hit that slippery slope of going all the way to the extreme. It's normal. It happens when people have illness, pain, current events often make us go into that area. It can also be triggered by conditions people have, such as ADHD or if you're prone to anxiety. One thing I want to say right now, totally normal, happens every day to people. But, yeah, there's always a but with me. You want to make sure that you're able to control it. And here's why. There are repercussions if you don't check that catastrophic thinking, that catastrophizing. 
It can be prolonged anxiety, which isn't good for the mind or the body. It can trigger panic attacks. You can feel trapped. But to me, the worst part about this is the fact that, remember like a couple of weeks ago, we talked about grief and how if you didn't resolve it, you got trapped in that cycle. Catastrophic thinking, catastrophizing, is the exact same thing. It can actually become your truth, your reality, if you will. I don't like the term self-fulfilling prophecy, but you can get in that continuous loop in your mind of constantly thinking the worst case scenario. We want to get out of that because it can cause some damage to you psychologically, emotionally. It can freeze you. They call it analysis paralysis, where you think, oh, there's nothing I can do that can change this. Or there's too many things you think you can do and you end up doing nothing. None of those are good for you. So you have to get out of that catastrophic thinking, that mindset. Catastrophic thinking at its worst case scenario, you might need to seek out a professional intervention. There are a few things that you can do yourself, and that's what I want to talk about. You can try things such as breathing exercises, meditation. You can look into mindfulness, things such as journaling. I'm a big journaler. You can look for support groups. You can look to try calming exercises. I want to share a self-soothing technique that has helped me. It's helped a lot of people I've worked with. I am not a therapist, but this is something that anyone can do for themselves. Before I get into things, I just want to talk about this catastrophic thinking, this thought. It's not a bad thing. As I said, it's almost our defense mechanism. It is something gnawing at your brain, telling you it's a fear of yours. It's a worry. What happens is we go to that catastrophic place and then we're afraid to look at it and we try to push that catastrophic thought away. It's where people hide things in their brain, so to speak. You get a little avoidant about things maybe, or you distract yourself. That's a great temporary measure when you're overwhelmed, but if it's your constant you need to look at that catastrophic thought. And I know that's scary. But when you push it out, it becomes stronger. It's again, just like we talked about grief. If you lean into it, and boy, is that scary because it's usually pretty bad. But when you lean into it, you begin to dissect it and pull it apart. And that's what this technique does. Keep in mind your catastrophic thought is a future circumstance or situation that hasn't happened yet. It's not real. It's a fear. You need to embrace that. So you ask yourself a question. You're having that thought for one of two reasons. It's a fear or it's already happened before to you. If it's already happened before to you, think about you got through it. You got through it. You'll get through it again. 
that happens. That's resilience, folks. The worst is when you've never been through it and you don't know what to expect and the fear keeps piling in. Think about the negative. Okay, you have no evidence that this is actually going to happen. It is just that fear and you need to address it. Let's embrace it. And here we go. This is what I want you to do. When you have that catastrophic thought, I want you to run with it. So what might your catastrophic thought be? So let's take something from being out of work of, how about the typical one of, oh my gosh, I am, I am never going to get a job again. Absolutely never. I am never going to be employed again. The odds of that happening are very minuscule. And I get it. I've had that thought. I have that thought pretty recently, or I have had that thought pretty recently. That's a normal thought. Think about it. If you're looking for work, if you are aligning your resume with the job description and your online profiles and you're using your network and you're out there trying, eventually you're going to get a job. Even if that person I mentioned in the updates who took the job to get us income and some benefits, that's a job. That is work. You can get that quite easily. I am firmly convinced anybody who wants to work will get a job. You might have to compromise on a few things. Might not be your dream organization. Might not be the rate of pay you want. You might be underemployed. That's the first step. And then you build to the next step of what do you have to do to get that better job? This is what I want you to do. I want you to take that whole thing of worst thought and be as crazy and out there as you want. I will never get a job again. And I'll have to move in with my parents, move in with my kids, my best friend, and I will be that person who watches TV all day, and I will grow old and alone. And no, that's not going to happen to you. Seriously, I get it. It feels like it's going to happen to you. And again, I've been there. What you want to do is take it as far out as you can so that you can see almost the absurdity of it. If you're doing the things you need to do to look for work, you'll find a job. If you're doing the things you need to do, let's say money, money is always an issue when you're out of work. If you are managing your money and you are checking what comes in and what goes out and taking a side gig or putting your house on Airbnb, anything like that, you're coming up with solutions to stave off that worst case scenario. And that's what I want you to see. I want you to talk out your biggest fear so that you can either see that it's unfounded or you can start coming up with solutions to those fears, your contingencies, your plan Bs. That's a way to mitigate the thought and that way you're no longer grounded in the worst case scenario, your mind starts to immediately 
put those contingencies in place? What if my catastrophic thinking is, or my catastrophizing, is that I ruined my professional reputation. I will never work in my industry again. Do you really think that's possible? If you have the skills, the experience, the network, the history, is that really possible? Probably not. Most people in your industry understand that, you know, even in the, I have friends in the tech industry who tech industry is getting so hard hit right now. A lot of them are like, I'm afraid I'll never get another tech job again. It's unfounded. There are tech companies all over the place who are rehiring, who are hiring, who have jobs. People are finding those jobs. If you think your professional reputation is really on the line, Maybe it's time you looked for another profession. Maybe it's time you overused word pivot. Things like that. Those are the things I want you to start addressing. So again, the simple step, acknowledge the thought, understand that it's normal, forgive yourself for it, take it to that worst case scenario, and then one by one, you want to eliminate those awful fears and address them as the unseen, unhappened things that can come of it, the things that probably will never happen, the impossibilities that are going to happen. But this isn't always easy to do. How do you address those fears? I know it sounds easier than it actually is, and I'm going to tell you how to do it. And here's what you do. You do something that we call, okay, even harder word to say, decatastrophizing. I added a syllable at the beginning. What is decatastrophizing? Just what it sounds like. You want to pick it apart, but rather than pick apart that impossible thought, I want you to think the opposite extreme. What do I mean by that? Here we go. So, your biggest catastrophic thought is that you never get another job. What's the opposite of that? You get an even better job than the one that you had. Believe it or not, this happens all the time to people. And better doesn't necessarily mean a higher title, more money. It could mean more job satisfaction. You're happier. You feel more fulfilled. You bring passion and purpose into your workplace. What would that look like? Maybe this is your chance to, I have a friend who was working in sales, did a good job in sales, but lost the job, realized it really wasn't for them anyway, and they've repivoted. They've started their own company. They are extremely happy and doing great. It gave them the courage to start doing what they really wanted to do. It was that decatastrophizing. So what's the worst case scenario? I lose my job and I find my passion. I find the thing I should have been doing all along. What if it's the fact that you end up working for your dream organization? Or you're like me and you finally write that book. Or you go back to school and finally become a veterinarian 
or a, I don't know, a nurse, a teacher, whatever it is that you have always wanted to do. Now you have that ability. What I'm asking you to do in order to handle that intrusive catastrophic thought is first to lean into the negative, which I know I tell people to do that all the time, but I do find it takes away its strength. It's when we keep it outside the door of our mind that it really is the issue. But when you open the door and you let it in and you embrace it, you realize it's not that scary after all. It's just a thought. If you take it all the way to its extreme and that negative extreme, that it's just this bully. And when you stand up to your bullies, they no longer have power over you. That's what I want you to do with that catastrophic thought. Rather than let the actual catastrophe be your thought, you push it to the extreme and be like, oh, that's so silly. And then we go to the other extreme of the decatastrophe of what? If the worst thing that happens, how could it also be the best thing? How could this be my new beginning, my new life that I am going to completely embrace? You will be surprised because that decatastrophizing could help you find out what you really want, the direction you really ought to be aiming for. And you can go as crazy as you want. What if become a YouTube star and have millions of followers? Or what if you suddenly take up sculpture and you become a world-renowned artist? Whatever's going to work for you. This way, you're starting to look to make that, and I say it all the time, that thing that happened to you is the thing that happened for you. It's that simple. I would say maybe 10 minutes. If you think you're really having a really great catastrophic session and decatastrophic session, and you really want to take it and run with it, take a little more time as you feel comfortable. Do this a couple of times a week. Whenever you have that thought, talk it out in your head. Don't ignore it. But then make sure you take it to the far negative extreme that kind of silly side of things, laugh at it a bit, and then take it to that good side of, this could be the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I talk to people every day who say point blank, when I found out I lost my job, I thought the world had ended. I didn't realize my life had just begun. You will be surprised the impact this small exercise has on you. Now, I want to be clear about something. I live in this place of anxiety. I know I tend to overshare with you guys, but I'm very prone to anxiety. I have panic attacks. I am the last person who would minimalize how someone feels about something. If doing this is too scary for you alone, ask a trusted friend to be there and help you talk it out. Have them listen to this podcast so they know what you're doing. Find a support group, a partner, somewhere where you are safe, that you feel safe. If things are going to an extreme with you, meaning you're having trouble breathing, you're having the chest pains, the heart issues, all of those things, I've been there. 
make sure that you're seeking professional help because you're at that place where you need it. And there's no shame in that. You need to get better so that you can embrace that life that you're destined to have. So try this on your own. If it seems too scary, have someone along to help you and support you. If it doesn't work and you're still feeling all of those anxieties, then consider looking at some kind of professional assistance. I think we're at this point in time where we realize we need to lean into those things too in order to feel better. And I encourage you to do so. But more importantly, I want you to get better so you can address these things and so that you can start having the life that you so richly deserve. Now, when you do this exercise yourself, Keep in mind, I don't want you to hang out at one extreme or the other. What I want you to do is find that middle ground. When you identify the area of that catastrophic thought and you push the bully away and you embrace the kind of fantasy of it all, you're still in this middle ground where you can then start to recognize, oh, money's my issue. I need to take a deeper look at that. I need to get a handle on it. Or maybe it's your home situation. Maybe it's your family situation. Maybe it's your health. So you listen to that catastrophic thinking. You catastrophize it, taking it to its extreme. And then you decatastrophize it, taking it to its happy extreme. You end up in this middle ground, and that's where you start doing the work. But you've identified it. And you've calmed your thoughts to the point where you can actually do the work at hand. And that's it. So this is me saying goodbye for the day. I hope that you are able to start to put those intrusive thoughts to rest. I hope this has given you a place to start to address the things that are weighing heavily on you. It's going to take some practice. Give yourself a break. Give yourself the time that you need, that safe place. And hopefully this will help you build resilience and move forward to get that life and that future that you so richly deserve. And there you have it for today. I hope you learned something or heard something today that is helping you as you are in your out-of-work journey and that will help you normalize the conversation about being out of work. If you heard something that resonated with you, please show us support, subscribe, like, or comment on something. If you'd like to learn more information, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Sabina Sula. I'm the only one. You can also reach out to me on my website, reworkingworks.com. You can also email me at s-s-u-l-a-t at reworking.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you want to know about private coaching, more about the book, more about the podcast, I wish you luck in your getting back to work journey. I hope that you've learned something here that if it hasn't made that journey a little shorter, it's at least made it a little easier. Until next time, thanks for joining.